there's sort of moments in life that you, you come across someone that you just you immediately understand that there's something incredible about them. And I, I say that, you know, I, being a judgmental person with trust issues, <laughs> I say that sparingly, but I, this is an interview with um, Melanie Spencer. So she's the group CEO for Socialites, which is a really prominent um, social media agency in New Zealand. I think they were like the 11th of 50 fastest growing Deloitte, if that's how you say it. Either way, they're growing fast, they're doing well, and they help big companies and small medium companies. And we talk about the, the challenge of balancing having being a mother as well as a CEO, um, the the trials and tribulations Mel went through to, to sort of be where she's at, and as well as what you should think from a tactical standpoint, social media. Um, so I, I just, this is just a reflection on how fortunate that I had the opportunity to meet people like Mel and, uh, anyone else, I don't know where I was going with that, but she's cool. You're going to learn a lot. If you want to jump on the newsletter links in the bio, not going to ask for anything just for you to open every single email. So open rates hundred percent, no pressure. Uh, <laughs> I will kick into it. I always sort of start a podcast off by asking the context of what you do, yep. just so people don't listen for 40 minutes and then realize that it's not necessarily for them or it was for them all along and they should have focused more. All right. So what do you do? What do I do? So I am group CEO of Socialites Group. Uh, Socialites Group is a social media marketing agency um, and we run social media campaigns for large enterprise brands uh, across New Zealand uh, but we've actually run campaigns across, um, we counted up the other day, 69 countries across the globe um, and uh, we do influencer marketing, social media marketing um, and everything else in between. So every platform that you can think of, we run campaigns on. TikTok? TikTok, Even. absolutely. Okay, of thank course. God. Thank God. <laughs> Finally a market that's actually on to something. Yeah, no, of course. Okay, that's good. old school. Yeah, it's, it's washed up now. <laughs> it's been years and people still buy TikTok. God, yeah. the amount of people I have to convince. I'm like, hey, look, this whole podcast grew from that. Yeah, it is um, it is hard to convince people because people don't like new things yeah um you know we're all we're still playing in traditional media and um which has its place mm. sometimes um mm -hmm. but yeah that's what i do uh we've got about we've got over 30 uh, um, uh employees or team members i like to to call our team um and uh social media experts across uh, media buying um content creation account service community management so yeah. you got very formal and polished so we got to unravel that you're doing, you're doing too well at this we've got to think about more about your life so like you know you're See playing how deep we can go yeah well i love it <laughs> you, you said you're open open heart or whatever it was um heart on your sleeve heart on my sleeve yeah so we when you were like four you're playing with um social and you're like oh my god this is my dream <laughs> like what were you doing like early childhood like what's going on yeah that led you down the path that you're at now Okay, great question Okay, sure. because um, I kind of knew exactly what I wanted to do. <laughs> Maybe not when I was four, mm. but possibly when I was 10-ish, I used to start, I collected magazines well before social media time, mm. even though I look a lot younger. No. Yeah, um, kind of, I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, collected magazines and I loved um, the 
um, the storytelling and the imagery and um, just everything about it Mm. and I've still got that collection today I've got Vogue's I've got um, interior magazines I've got um, I used to when I was younger dollies and that sort of thing Um, but I knew from that age that I wanted some sort of media company Hmm. and um, back then social media obviously wasn't a thing and uh, I remember my best friends and I caught up um, uh, when we were about 19 and we sat around with a couple of bottles of wine and we all had to guess what each one of us was going to be or do in hmm. 10 years time hmm. and we would also have to say what we thought we'd be doing in 10 years time and we put it in a time capsule and it was literally pretty much spot on. Wow, all, all, all of the all friends? All of them, all of them. Jeepers, that's yeah. some good friends. Yeah, so there's about seven and I said I wanted to own a media company and back then I didn't know what that looked like but um, and another one was an architect, another one was an um, opera singer, we had a few mums in there and all came to fruition, not 10 years but probably 15 years later. Wow. Cool, executors. Yeah. A group of executors. But I think it's, you kind of, um, if you've got this thought or this dream or this perception in your Mm. mind, it kind of unravels in your life as you go. I agree. There's um, Tony Robbins, uh, he actually uses, uh, references a book, Maxwell Matt's um, Psycho-Cybernetics, and he talks about, he's a brain surgeon, he struggled, you struggle to differentiate between the vividly imagined and what's real. Mm. And I imagine that as well, like kind of like a radar. You start looking for those opportunities that are either reinforcing your identity or finding solutions to the vision that you're trying to create. Mm. Have you read a book called Into the Magic Shop? Nice. Okay. You've got to read that. It's on, it's on recording, so I have to remember. I just yeah. got to go back and listen to it. <laughs> it's okay. really good. Can you repeat it for the people listening for the first time? Into the Magic Shop. What's, what's the context of Into the Magic <clears> Shop? <throat> No pressure. Uh, you read it ten years ago. Yeah, probably. I probably did read it. No, I read it a few years ago. Hmm. But it is about um, putting um, uh, your thoughts into reality, and it's not about I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be a millionaire, and then all of a sudden you're a millionaire. But it's um, it's. Uh, you're going to have to edit this out. No, um, you're owning this. This is great. <laughs> Fluster, the successful CEO, Fluster. group CEO. Ah. Even. Yeah. Um, it's about creating your thoughts and turning them into reality. But mm. there is a big, there's a storyline. Um, and this guy that came from absolutely nothing um, and he wanted to be a doctor and he was not the smartest kid. He was the poorest kid. Everything was against him. But he found a way to become a very, very um, uh, successful doctor. And it's just the story about how he did that. Um, And that's all about mindfulness, meditation, believing in himself, um, and creating this pathway to to do so. Cool. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's, it's a magical book. And there's, there's no way we're in that because you know you talked all this game about oh, I'm a leader let everyone see how I am so here we are <laughs> pretty much okay cool so yeah. you're sitting around with the team were they all girls all women should I say yes yes they so were the all women the so sisterhood you got yeah. the girls to get the women yeah all right. 
and and you're like, I'm going to do this. What was your next step? We're like, oh my god, I actually have to do this, or like, no, didn't even think about it. Okay. That's the thing. That's what I find so interesting. Okay. Is that when you're younger and you've got this, you know, this passion or the, these um, things that you're interested in, your life almost unfolds around this deep subconscious thinking, hmm. rather than it being conscious. And it, you, I, 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 it's kind of like sliding doors. And um, and I was just presented with opportunities that brought me to where I am now. Hmm. Where's but the I- mess? Where'd you start fucking up? <laughs> That's cool. That's the fun part. We all see you. Uh, I got your nice watch I, and your earrings. You got it all worked out. Yeah. What went wrong? I so much. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. No. A lot. Um, so uh, did my final year at university in France and I got mm. a first class honours and I thought I was pretty shit hot and and arrived in London and I was like, woohoo, I'm a Kiwi, I've got a first class honours, I, um, you know, surely everyone would want to give me a job. Mm. Um, and uh, that was not the case, but... I went into um, finance and worked on um, trading <laughs> floors, oh, which was uh, finance is not my strong point. Funny, um, and had the time of my life. Hmm. It was incredible. Travelled the world, um, and then after a couple of years, went to Australia. Um, probably a bit of a fuck up, but um, <laughs> it wasn't because. I again I went to Sydney thinking you know I've got this first class honours I've been to London I want to get into marketing and um, went into a recruitment agency and they were like oh we'd love to we'd love you to get into recruitment Hmm. and then I saw the dollar signs and I was like yep I you know I want to do that Um, that's certainly not the pathway that I had envisaged yeah but it taught me to sell um, more fuck ups. <laughs> no, well, no. <laughs> no, no, you're doing well. There's you're so going, many. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess I, I think often people will see the the finished product. Someone's got it all worked out. Um, but in reality, it's just it. I think that the um the money you earn is proportionate to the problem you solve. Um, and the ability to navigate the stress and and, and to overcome the things and and. You know, as you say, you hide your age well, but there were key like uh, um, market events, especially if you're in recruitment. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate what, what age we were around different points, but like what, what do you think um, was a turning point where you're like, okay, I'm actually going for the media company because a lot of people yeah. are sitting here rooted in place and not taking steps? Yeah. Um, another great question because there was a turning point because hmm. the money um, – Back then, I was young and earning quite a bit of quite a bit of um, cash for what I was doing, Baller. and um, not really, but I probably was. My early <laughs> well, you felt like it. <laughs> I, did, I yeah. actually did a bit, 100%, and yeah. I was like, "Yes," um, but uh, there was a point where I was going, "The money's not enough," and um, and I got introduced to a lady who owned a, a PR firm. And um, her name was Sophie Lander, um, and she's like, and I didn't even know really what PR was back then, mm. I, I just which was ridiculous. But um, uh, went into her office, and she's like, I'm looking for a PR exec, and I dropped my salary hugely, yeah. and that was the that was the turning point, okay. and the best decision I've ever made. Mm. And I was with her for 
over seven years. Wow. Yeah. Sophie, did you say? Yeah. What were your lessons from Sophie? Shout out. Because, you know, I think, Mm. I mean, I'm nothing without the people that have shown me stuff. Mm. They're making the invisible visible as my mental likes is that yeah i agree no sophie was um she was a renegade um which i (laughs) absolutely loved that makes sense Um, (laughs) she um she's not your typical pr person she's not about the champagne and the back then it was all about the champagne and the partying but that wasn't the case she um she was definitely a renegade and and um and she was difficult to work with Mm. and I found out then that um a lot of people that I work with tend to be quite difficult people but they're ambitious they know what they want and they say what they mean and a lot of people couldn't handle that. <laughs> yeah, can imagine. So um, I became her sort of right hand, right hand gal. Fire, um, fire extinguisher. <laughs> possibly a little bit, <laughs> but I learned to deal with difficult situations mm. pretty early on. What was yeah. that like? So you got this person that's got this amazing vision. I want it now. Maybe I'm making assumptions, and yeah. she's just blunt. <laughs> and you're coming she's in, a- schmoozing, using your <laughs> recruitment. What was it like, either having a leader that's so ambitious? And, and trying to navigate that where it's, you know, lands a little softer using your sales skills. What, what did you use to... Yeah, that's actually probably a really good um, synopsis of, of how it how it went. Yeah, I thought so. Um, she, um, but everyone loved her for it. Yeah. Um, but I would just, I would do exactly that, soften the blow a little bit. Hmm. Um, and, and that's why we work so well together. Do you think yeah. you took on some of those attributes? Like normally... People might lay go on more of the agreeable side for the sake of the group and, or people, please. And then you had the someone that's the polar opposite. So you take on some of what they're doing. Did you did you have a little bit of that, like your own personality in there and Sophie's, and then merging it to be a more complete group CEO? I have only really just learned that. Yeah, mm. that's important. So yeah. how how did you get around have, that? To have the courageous conversations. I don't like confrontation. Hmm. Um, in fact, I used to despise it, um, and I used to run away a mile, but I can't in my job now not hmm. to have the courageous conversations, but I think you can have the courageous conversations and still be kind. Yeah. I make a differentiation between kindness and being nice. Yes. Cause it's the reality. It's, if you're, if you're not talking, sorry to interrupt. If, if you're not, if you're not saying that what you think the person needs to hear, are you helping them or are you doing it for yourself? Exactly. So yeah. how do you create the space that enables you to have courageous conversation? Or how do you inspire, like you're just shaking, like okay, I'm going to have the confidence. <laughs> and then you do a few breathing exercises. Like what, how do you get through that? Well, if you don't have it, there's no momentum. Hmm. And momentum is everything, especially in business. And if you are stopping every time you have to have those courageous conversations because you don't want to, then you're stopping the momentum. Hmm. And um, and especially in digital and social and media, if the momentum is not freaking fast, you're going to be left behind. Hmm. So I always, and I always have this, what is best for the business and what is best for the people in the business and our clients. Um, and I always have that in mind when I go into having that courageous conversation, that kind 
courageous conversation. Yeah, seeing how you frame it definitely helps. <laughs> Doesn't always feel kind when they're just not mm. landing. I had a, a friend I was hanging out with not long ago, and she was um, she started rescheduling a lot and being late. Mm. So when she came in, I said, "Hey, I noticed you're being late. Um, it's just been it's disappointing." You know, I want want to be able to rely on you, and it just feels like of late juggling that CEO life. Well, keep sorry. rolling. That's yeah, how the keep camera rolling. rolls. Because I did I that to you, so didn't turn it on silent. Sorry, rookie. <laughs> you saw, I thought you worked at the ice house. <laughs> <laughs> podcast sorry. guru. That's nah, terrible. Doesn't matter. And and then and then the emotional resistance comes up. Yeah. Because because it's challenging, and even for change, like any sort of aspect, or or, or having that courageous, candid conversations mm. brings up stuff. Mm. hence why they do it yeah but then over time she settled thought about it and and was actually grateful for the accountability Mm. and so now we have that as part of our friendship on another level Mm. so i find that the best leaders are the ones that can navigate that kindness as well as the business acumen so and i i do unfortunately from what i've seen some of the great female leaders that i've come across find it hard to navigate the kind candor mm. as well as being seen as bitchy. Yeah. So what are your, yeah. like if there's any women listening to this or are making assumptions and generalizations? Yeah, no, but... um, a few assumptions, but I think we all make assumptions. Um, Call me and, on my place. And um, I certainly make make assumptions. Um, I think that's been flushed out. Well, I hope. Okay, I've got good. this utopia of the sort of, arrogance ego bitchiness um being flushed out because i don't the the younger generation just don't put up with that bullshit yeah anymore okay um and um and i certainly don't put up with with that sort of um um bitchiness if you know, if you must get rocked up, then suddenly you can stand up for yourself. Because it sounds, I, yeah, yeah. I do. Is there a level <laughs> where you just like get fucked? You're out of here. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But without being a bitch. Yeah, I've I do it. Way. I do it with the best intentions. Yeah, that's how you sleep in it. <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, and I think I think context is everything. Yeah. When you're having that courageous conversation, it's about giving people context and information. So they know what's happening is impacting a certain thing or a mm. certain person. And um, my, my team will know that one of my favorite sayings is context is everything with each other and with the clients and with everybody that we deal with. Hmm. Yeah. Well, then I didn't tell you why we're talking. That I gotta, I'm okay. going to change the camera over while still talking okay. and it's all going to fall apart. Because it only goes for 30 minutes. Okay. okay but I am listening intently. That's perfect. Yeah, awesome. Amazing. So, so Well, I'm going to just keep on looking over there. But do I look at you while you're changing the camera? Over? Yeah, no, we keep rolling. <laughs> okay. oh, just so you know, like anyone that's listening, I, I, I gave a, a tip around uh, looking trustworthy on camera. <laughs> and it's a good idea. You'd think in life you're not going to look around and like keep talking um, when you're meeting a person in person. Um, but then on video, people do it. They're like, oh, I'm looking at the camera. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at the camera. Who, who, like, imagine someone asked you where the bathroom was and they're shiftily looking around. I don't feel safe. Let's not do it on video. And I changed that camera through that whole time. You did not. That was, that, that was amazing. Yeah. See, I looked on. at it. You did. I now did. you're shifty. You lost all yeah. trust. Damn it. You're cooked. Mm. Okay. So yeah. 
I know I'm staying on this point, but I think yeah. it's a very even Gary. You know Gary Vaynerchuk. You probably yeah. do. Yeah. He's he sucks at that kind candor. Yes. And it's something he's worked on. Yeah. And it led to a lot of um. He'll just fire people, and they won't know why. Right. It's lack of context. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so what um, what do you either teach other leaders that you recognize having that issue, or other staff members to create context either for the client. Like you have a sequence, you have a process before they come, you say plan and prepare, or you say, you know, go for a walk, smoke 10 cigarettes and come back in. I definitely smoke 10 cigarettes, yeah, okay. cigarettes for sure. It Is that your 100%. thing? 100%. Oh, no. <laughs> I was worried. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, um, did in London. Um, yeah. Yeah. That well, the, was on the trading way, floor. Yeah, on the Can't trading floor. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, I think um, context is everything. Information is power. Um, so when you are going to have um, a conversation with someone, you you sure as hell need to have both sides of the story um, and all the information that you can get. Um, you don't want to go flying in blind because that's when you do look like a bitch mm. or you do look like an arrogant prick. Um, and you Thanks do- for including me. <laughs> I wasn't including you. It was not a generalisation. Um, you've got to have both sides of the story. Mm. And I think um, another favourite thing that I, I tell the team is um, or tr- try and teach the team is put yourself in the shoes of the other person that you're dealing with um, and mm. and always try and um, um, pr- not pretend but <laughs> imagine that you are them and what are their stresses coming from what is keeping up keeping them up at night um, you know are they nitpicking because um, you know their job is on the line or they might have. They it might be their business, and um, and they're they're financially stressed. Or yeah. so, um, yes. I um, uh, hopefully teach the team to um, get as much information as possible. Knowledge is power. Gives them context. Put yourself in the shoes of the other person, um, and then go forth and listen. As well. Yeah. What? No. Um. <laughs> Lame jokes, dad jokes, team. Sorry, and and I think there. I went to a cult, just just on a side note. But you know, uh, people don't think it's a cult. It's called Landmark Forum. But they there was a valuable thing that I went there for a day, and you you by no means for any association. This is me speaking for me. Um, they they would say there's the already always listening voice. Mm-hmm. So it's how does this impact me? What should I say next? Mm-hmm. And I, I find that as well, like when people are going through certain challenges and they're, they're witnessing it around them and they want to support them mm. and they think the answer is a, a solution when the answer is to listen. Mm. And like as much as we know that, mm. it's the most valuable skill I'm learning. Same. <laughs> um, but just just the value I think as a leader um, is not having the solution but asking the right question because yeah. they already had the right solution. Mm. So let's go back though. Okay, okay. You, you seven years. Sophie's like causing all this ruckus. You're sweeping everything up. Yeah. Um. Now you're doing this. What I didn't. What yeah. happened? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, uh, came to New Zealand. Three babies. Three babies. Three. Three babies. By yourself? Uh. No, I came with my husband. Okay. Um. Uh. Who is now my ex-husband? Oof. Um. And we, um, so we're going to get deep here. I did look at the camera 
and it's <laughs> I am trustworthy as I tell you the story because I'm going deep. Okay. Um, so we um, we did separate when the three children were really young, mm. and um, we just recently moved back to New Zealand, and I was like, shit. I've got three babies, yeah. um, and I think um, I had to make a decision. Um, being a single mum, I had a little bit of money for from the house that we um, that he bought off me, um, and I was like, "Well, what am I going to do? This this pot of money, it's not going to get me th- through." Um, but I decided then and there that I would invest in my career, um, and um, childcare. You know, childcare is very, very expensive, mm. and even my salary back then wasn't even covering the childcare, let alone the children. Yeah. But I was head down, bum up, and I was like, I will work harder than anybody else so I can move up as quickly as possible. So that was kind of the, I guess, um, to get to where I am now yeah. was 10 years ago, I um, consciously said, I'm going to invest in my career. I made lots of sacrifices, um, you know, didn't go on holiday with the kids. I'd be home working every summer all through the school holidays. In fact, the last couple of years, or even this year, is the first sort of year that I'm taking two weeks off during the year for the school holidays mm. with the kids. So, um, yeah, heavy. I mean, mm. I find I find breakups, I like kids and separation. I help people with the mess, but I've never been in that. Just breakup, but the 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 opportunity for change. You know, the the hitting the rock bottom, the realization of the aspects of your life that I'm fulfilling. And then the motivation to change because the resistance mm. to change is an emotion. But if your life sucks more than that resistance to change, then you got to suck it up. So absolutely. So what were the kit? How old? Well, I mean, ten years is a bit tough to remember. But yeah, no. So um, uh, back then they were um, young, two, three, and four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what were you and doing? You had them juggling. You're there at daycare. Like how did you? Uh, daycare nanny. Um, my mum, who is not alive anymore, but she oh. was. She was looking after them, um, and um, just juggling. And I would. I would work long hours on pittance, absolute pittance. But I knew that if I did my head down, bum up, and um, and just work as hard as possible, I mm. could. I could get out of it. Do, do you ever reflect like because my mother's an incredible woman and she she's well i got my work ethic and i like to think integrity from her but she's more integral than <laughs> me. Uh, but she she you know she would breastfeed me at work and hustle and um and and then there was a moment where she left when i was younger and she she holds a lot of um guilt slash responsibility for how she either felt she could have been more of a mother and she's done an amazing job but do you do you feel you know that career and motherhood yeah do you feel anything like that or regret yeah. or yeah all the time what would be Very the thing that much you... so and i've got a new baby new one so i've got a yeah i've okay. got a 10 month old so wow. i've actually got four kids Jeepers. um and uh my fourth is to my new partner who's now my husband um cool. and uh thank you uh yeah <laughs> all the time like literally all the time 
Mm. Um, but my my older kids, um, I t- I'm quite open um, to them about it and they are like mum we're proud of you we actually my oldest was like mum I actually like I really rave about you to my friends but I don't want to tell you that because I don't want you to get a big head and it's like that's super cute yeah yeah that's cool yeah and you know historically you did get a big head no, I never. I well, never I, you said it on air. You, what did you say? Oh, yeah, I'll stay. I, I had this honest oh, thing. Yeah. And then I, we, when I was young, and I. You <laughs> changed women. And, and in fact, I learned from that from then never to have a big head because you get slam dunked pretty, yeah. pretty quickly. I get slam dunked often. <laughs> I just like to feel pretty. I don't know how to word it any different. Like, I, I'll just do something. I'll be like, look. <laughs> Did I do good? And they're like, yeah. Even though, why are they still reminding me? Nothing like a bit of hat on the back. Yeah, no, eh? it's essential. Yeah. Especially kids. Especially when you're like, oh, shit, did I do something? And they still yeah. um, commend you for it. Yeah. Well, they're okay. They're they're good kids. So let's just touch wood and make sure yeah. that we've got a... F- well, it's their responsibility. Now they're old enough. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, 12, 12, 13, 11. Yeah. Was that right? 12, 13, 15. Oh, I wasn't listening then. Yeah. I'm talking a whole lot of... <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah. Well, well, there would be people listening now that are trying to navigate that family and success. Yeah. Because sometimes, sometimes the most value you can give your children is to be present. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be all the time. It's just about you're not carrying work home with you and yeah. being the best you can for them. Whether it's women or fa- like a mother or father, how do you juggle as best you can obviously yes. not the perfect mother not the worst mother done pretty good by <laughs> one's first oldest standard I don't know, but yeah yeah <laughs> what would your advice be on like one the fulfillment you might get as a mother yeah. and then sacrificing that for a career or um how to juggle both yeah i think it's really important one of my good friends who is an architect um she was really wise wait, wait, was she, she one is, of the sisterhoods she, from yeah, she is she actually is oh, she is and um she is a wise lady and she was like mel when you have kids your career cannot it's it's very hard for it to um, catapult or to to increase really quickly when you have young kids mm. and the the point of staying in your career is it just stays status quo for a bit but you've got that foundation from which to to move from when you're ready to to really get back into it and I think that is the the sacrifice that you make not being with your kids but you have that strong foundation if you stay stay with and stay in your job or your career when you've got younger kids Um, the sacrifice of um, giving up your career um, and not investing in it like I did it is very difficult um, to to move fast and Mm. um, and into a more senior position quickly Um, how do you juggle it's and and how do you have that quality time it's I think it's that's just personal um you know for me it's um been on the sidelines when I can um and having those deep and meaningful conversations with them which which I do um we have dinner time every night together which Mm -hmm. and we we have seriously weird weird banter with each other which I love and like (laughs) 
guffawing all the time and sometimes we have like real deep conversations that um, I, I never had as a kid and I think that's meaningful I think that is important um, and um, and I think the kids appreciate that as well um, yeah. makes sense I mean it's got a bit of a bad rap people feel differently about him but Jordan Peterson's a clinical psychologist that says controversial things and also some good things yeah um, and he talks about that a fulfilling marriage just needs an hour of undivided attention a week yeah which is interesting eh? yeah I would um, almost agree with that. Almost. <laughs> almost. You're doing 45 minutes a week and it's a chore. Nah. <laughs> but every dinner is pretty good. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, when we've got them, we definitely all sit down. And one of our, we've just got a little bit of a, um, a thing where we say, Bon appetit to le monde. And I don't know why, um, but that's where we all tuck in. And then we, um, then we go around the table and talk about, sometimes I will ask them, you know, what was a great thing that, mm. that happened that day um and then yeah and then it kicks off we talk about sex drugs and rock and roll yeah i had a feeling you know you're polished but you've seen life oh yeah i had a feeling your <laughs> weird banter was like no holds bar <laughs> but not on the podcast i would do it you probably shouldn't you got the successful brand i'm just sort of enjoy it just doing whatever i want um okay well i think i think it would be important to well it's interesting eh? imagine if if someone didn't juggle the two and didn't pursue their career mm. And then you hear things like postnatal depression or resentment. Yep. Blaming the kid for not being able to do that. Yep. I mean, it, it's all it's all part of life, yeah. isn't it? Um, but um, I think we've got to accept where we are and be thankful for whether we don't have to work and we have that choice or whether we are forced to work and then we've got an amazing career with an amazing business and healthy, great children. Mm pretty lucky at the end of the day i feel like i've got this accomplished businesswoman ceo <laughs> i'm just talking about motherhood i think it's important there'll be other like execs watching this and they'll be like yeah i know exactly what you're going through no i think it's actually really important to talk about it because okay. um i think there are so many um women and men um my husband at the moment is um actually more at home than me um, okay. I, I went back to work after two weeks after my fourth baby You're a um, savage, and, um, <laughs> and, um, he is, he's, he has, um, stayed at home and trying to, well, not trying, but he is kicking off a, a, a new business cool. and also working another job a few days a week. So he's, he's the one that's juggling. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. Shout out to Mr. Shout Husband. Out. Shout out to Mr. Hubby. Mr. Yeah. Hubby. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So, so you put your head down, you hustled 10 yeah. years, had a holiday coming soon. Um, so you weren't working for much at the company now and then you're in starting at an entry level and work up or did you start the business or? No. So, um, okay. Wendy Thompson founded Socialites. So 12 years ago yeah. and, uh, I was with another agency, um, and I, uh, I've, I mean, I've been doing social media for went since its inception hmm. um and i was with a branding agency and i kept selling in social media which and i was like i think i feel like i'm in the wrong <laughs> the wrong job here hmm. um and um wendy and i knew each other from um a long time ago um and um we sort of caught up and she was like you know i'm looking for someone to to buy in and 
And I said, look, I'm not ready at the moment. It's it's not really for me, but I keep my ear to the ground. In fact, I told a couple of my friends about it and I was like, you know, this is a great business, et cetera, et cetera. But then it just kept playing on my mind. Um, and um, we caught up again and I said, hey, Wendy, I'm actually thinking, how about me? And she was like, sure. Um, so we actually hmm. dated for about a year. Like we caught up, we talked, we um, riffed, we workshopped, um, and um, and then decided that the time was right, um, and um, so we sold our house to invest in the business. Um, yep. And um, so... Um, Heart pinches? No. Really. Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, fuck, bitch. Obviously, you've done better in life. I was in a tent for a year and a half just doing whatever fuck... Yeah, that's the story for Okay, that sounds like I need to reverse and ask you a few questions. That's interesting. Yeah, but then you're too comfortable in that space. So we've got to make you squirm. <laughs> but if you want, anything you want to ask. Um, yeah, so um, decided to, to take the leap. Hmm. Um, and that was um, over three years ago. Um, and um, and so Wendy and I have been um, side by side and, and leading the, the business. Um, and... Here we are now. We like there's two things I notice whether partnerships succeed or not is yeah. whether they build a fence at the top of the hill or clean the mess up at the bottom, so everything's clearly defined when they start. Yeah. The other thing is ones across each other's um, yep. area of competency because yep. if you don't understand it, then you're at risk. So what? How do you think you both complement each other? Because she was obviously re- Wendy. Yeah. Sure, she. Wendy was reaching out um, to fill a void, and. Or maybe to expand or whatever. But what mm. do you think your two skill sets are that complement each other? Yeah, um, they definitely do. Okay. Wendy is... Is she a um, savage like Sophie? <laughs> <laughs> That's me saying. You know, you love Sophie. Not me. Um, so Wendy is very focused. Um, give her a project and she will just like go for it. Mm. Um, whereas um, I'm more like a... I, like, Fruity tooty. Like a... And... I'm in everything, mm. so um, and I'm I'm almost running between the clients, the HR, the biz dev, the everything. So mm. kind of across all aspects, um, and Wendy's a very focused person. Um, Detailed orientated, very much by the so. book. Yeah, compliance. Yeah, she's Gestapo. Yeah. No, that's not. No, not at all. Okay. Um, yeah, but very, very detailed oriented. Um, whereas that's not. not that's <laughs> yeah. not me. Yeah, well, the sense why you're the front of house. So. That's where you communicate. <laughs> detail oriented people, as lovely as they are, aren't normally the ones that are in the social encounters. But then they also do appeal to different market. Very much so. Yeah. Um, as I push the button again, um, the. I think it would be interesting to talk about um, actual social media because, you know, you're an advocate for TikTok, so you must know something. Um, Where do you think either businesses are going wrong or where there's an opportunity in the market? Like if someone's hearing this, they're inspired, they're going to get in social, what would your advice be? Um, Fit for purpose on each platform. So don't create a TikTok that you're throwing up on, I don't know, something, I'm going to say LinkedIn or, you know. like tech. (laughs) I I haven't even checked, but I will. Um, So TikTok is, um, you go to TikTok to um, make you smile or Mm. laugh. 
like it's um, entertainment um, and it's raw inter- like entertaining content and that has to be developed specifically for TikTok. Yeah. Um, and also it's got to be consistent content being pushed out all the time. Um, I've forgotten the question. Um, just something, in, um, a business owner listening to this and feel inspired that they know social media is something. Yeah. What should they do? To get into social media? Yeah. Um, so I think they need to find out where, where their audiences are or where they want, um, who their audiences are and then where those audiences play. And don't try and get on every platform. Tact again. Tact again. I could tell. <laughs> You're so, just saying this because of Vendetta because I asked about your life. I'm sorry. Sophie sounds wonderful. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Go I'm going to get you to listen to that. She's <laughs> going to crack up. Yeah, okay. Um, but don't because if you're a small business owner, if you've if you've got the time hmm. and the cash to do it, then bring it on. Yeah, awesome. And you know your audience is on Insta, LinkedIn, TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter. Um, but Gross, if you don't – um, then if you don't have the time nor the cash, then focus on a couple and you've got to pay to play. Yeah. It's the most important thing. So content is one thing. The other thing is um, the spend that you put behind the content. So what kind of spend do you put behind the content? I mean, this might be more of a technical question. And I know, as you say, you're in the, the start of the business and then you feed them off to people in a very loving and caring way where you want them to be <laughs> successful. So you pump, you've got this content, you want to, um, you have a feeling of your, your clients are going to be on Facebook. They're an older demographic and you're thinking, okay, this is me apparently. Mm. Um, so they're older, they're thinking about retirement planning, say something like that, mm-hmm. hypothetically speaking. <laughs> no, I was just trying to use an example, use whatever one. That one's a boring one to be fair. No, um, it's not. It's actually, I think that's a good one. Okay. Because most people actually assume that the older generation are not on social mm. and they are very much so yeah we actually did a um a campaign for incontinence pads oh yeah and on social on um facebook and it went off 100 yeah well, you gotta check on your grandkids yep well i think the yep. reality is without being too generalized the they have early adopters and late adopters with any technological mm. advancement so early adopters like tiktok first came out Younger, more malleable people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> still malleable. I'm sure people that older people still do yoga. But the, in terms of the mindset and neuroplasticity, like changing the framework of your mind and being able to connect and adapt and change, that that's more of a, a younger person thing. Mm. So Facebook, established market. Yeah. Saturated from all us marketers. Yeah. <laughs> but a great opportunity to target those demographics. For sure. Do you... Do, like I know there's been a few things like Apple made an update so it's harder to track an yep. audience but is there something that you do with your ad spend whether it's like you make a creative people that watch 70% of the video say you retarget them with something new like what are the, the, the technical components behind it that you would do? Um, look it completely depends what the business <sighs> objectives are Yeah, because um, you've got to think of like there's top of the funnel so yeah. there's brand building mm. um, and there's awareness um, so we, we, we call it sort of we, we put it in a flywheel and you've got the inspiration which is the, the, the top of the funnel which is eyeballs getting as, as much awareness as possible and social but then you've got engagement and engagement, you've got to remember that social media is about a two-way conversation, not a one-way broadcast. So you've got to create content that encourages that two-way conversation. 
Mm. When you get that two-way conversation, you get increased brand sentiment. When you get increased brand sentiment, it's more likely that people are going to buy. Mm. So then you push them around. We call it the flywheel. Old, old school marketing is the funnel. Push them down the funnel. And then you've got to give them the information. So you've gone emotional. And then you're going to give them rational because you've hooked them in, right? You've you've given them a smile in the mind. You've you've hopefully not made them cry, but you've you've made them like you've got that emotional hook. Mm. Then you're going to give that them the information, where to buy, um, where to go to buy, pricing, opening hours. I don't know product information, um, that sort of thing. And then. Um, and with every ad that goes out on social, all these objectives are there for you to choose. And what Facebook does is it helps it helps um, encourage that either the engagement or that click to the website or the awareness. Hmm. So that's where you choose the objectives. And then you push them around the funnel again. Um, and um, if it's, if we've, if, we, if it's a click to a website or it's a click on a video, then we can retarget them. We can f- follow you around a bit and retarget you with more ads. Hmm. Um, but the most important thing is listening. And that is, I think, a lot of um, that's kind of like our, um, our silver bullet is our community management team who are not only the, the banterers, the, 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 they're having conversation with the community, um, but also listening in to trends or what your mm. community is talking about, and then you change your content dependent on what's happening in those conversations. Did well there because um, it makes sense. Like you know, you're a large brand, you're a large corporation, you're doing well. Um, it, one creating the creative, like a lot of them will sit in a boardroom. This is good. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, you create it and then you find out. But then. Um, and then within that, the the community management. So you you're you're saying here's this creative, and then you have no interaction with. It. Can you imagine just in life, you're walking down the street and someone says hello, and you just exactly right. That's exactly. Oh, it's so funny you say that because when I came back from London for a holiday, oh, yeah. back to New Zealand, walking down the street, and Kiwis used to like. Okay, I'm not that old, but they used to do that. You used to like say hi to strangers. And I was like, what are they doing? But that's what I say to so many people. Like social media is exactly the mm. same. It's developing or um, building a relationship with a person, albeit over a screen. Mm. You can't just like like buy this phone now without having that, that trust layer there. Yeah, I mean. Like, inspiration. <laughs> the, <laughs> So this is my judgment. Um, I don't want you to have any problems with your client. A whole lot of people sitting in a boardroom. They send it off all the different people. After three to six months, they have the the approval for a creator that's just a sales pitch. Yeah. And then they put out their sales pitch and they get their two likes. Yeah. And they're like, social media doesn't work. Yep. Get it all the time. How do you how do you either communicate through the channel? So there might be someone that's innovative, creative within one of those cogs. Yeah. Yep. Or you're talking to the decision makers, how do you get that to land? Obviously, they're like, oh, I know it works, but, you know, not for me. Yeah. Not my clients, they're not on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, they need to look at where the audiences are, survey. 
Mm. Um, and um, digital and social has taken over traditional media. So that's number one. Um, and number two is it's about setting those objectives and agreeing on those objectives like right up front and those Mm. goalposts. Um, And um, and we can tell you what is achievable and what's not. Um, And and it's also about taking the the naysayers on the journey and and giving them education uh, education throughout the process as well. Um, But at the end of the day, they need to see like, they need to get something out of it um and the reports that we present back are really really robust and detailed so they they've got they can see everything the funny thing is you can't see everything from an ad i mean from a tv ad or out of home they'll rush to do that because it's something we're used to yeah yeah hey let let me break even with four million (laughs) dollars So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. But then the same thing is when there's a new innovation, the old ones have opportunities. Like, for example, like you think about, I'm going to use my TV. I'm going to put in $2 million to get my, my ad out there and they're going to skip it or look at their phone. <laughs> and then, But then you look at all the beautiful analytics and they're like, oh, my God, it's just so like, look at all the exposure and reach. Yeah, exactly. Do, yeah. do you, How do you? Like there will be two questions. Um, it's almost been an hour, by the way. Oh, Conscious wow. of a hardworking group CEO. That's, okay, that went That's fast. Five. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I'll take that. Um, so one, trying to articulate brand, mm. the return on investment of brand. It's mm-hmm. not always apparent immediately. So how you might do that in your pretty reports. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then yeah, no, we'll just start with that. I forgot the second one. Um, Return on investment and brand, it is, it's really difficult to measure. Um, on social media, that's usually around brand sentiment. Um, and brand sentiment is usually around the engagement. Hmm. Um, and the engagement could be a like, a share, a save. Uh, and that's where you're getting real brand value and um, brand sentiment. Um, and we use a, um, a company called Zavi. Um, they they're incredible and they measure brand sentiment on huh. social across um, across brands all over New Zealand um, and and they measure conversation they pull out all those conversations and can measure that sentiment and also they've they've proven that um, sentiment equals um, purchase power hmm. so yeah. God, I got, I've got, recently I've got some horrible sentiment. Yeah. So I'm glad I don't have the analytics. Well, I've started just speaking my truth, see what happens. <laughs> so I, I said that, um, you know, if you're earning over 37,000 US dollars, yeah. um, you're in the top 1% of the world in terms of wealth and mm-hmm. earnings. And then I said about, oh, is it really that bad? You can't buy a house yet? <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the sentiment wasn't great. Uh, <laughs> it's truthful. Yeah, I, I well, yeah. don't don't be associated with me. <laughs> You've got all the analytics. I'm just like, eh, they'll You're forget about it. Trying it out there, they'll move on. Yeah. So, okay, here let's say my judgment is with bureaucracy and challenges, and and a lot of these well-intended CEOs, and they wouldn't be successful if they didn't have some level of care for their people and have mm-hmm. a, a product that solves a problem or a service that mm-hmm. does. So they, they they want to do well, they just might not understand what is well. Yeah. So if you could just walk into an organization that had billions of dollars, unlimited budget, mm-hmm. and patience, mm-hmm. so like 20 years, 
Mm-hmm. You just do it. What would you do in that business to revolutionize it, to have brand sentiment, to have ongoing sales? And whether the brand sentiment is the sole focus for 10 years mm-hmm. and then it's selling, it's all fine. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the books are good. What would you do? Are there people happy? Loving it. They're loving it. Just chilling. I don't okay, know how, but, but yeah. But why would I need to do anything? It sounds like they're doing really well. They want to change the world. They want to change the world. So they're starting in New Zealand yeah. and they're expanding internationally. Yeah. And they want to have that brand sentiment. They got a very compassionate CEO that loves the people, loves and has a product that does make a meaningful difference to the world. Yeah. Just just fucking giving <laughs> you stuff. And then <laughs> and then they're like, All right, we're going global. Going global. Well, you, well, first, I mean, there are so many aspects to that. It's like, how yeah, can you answer that, a simple that, question? That's really not a simple question because A, you've got to have the product, B, yeah. or the service, yeah. B, you've got to look at how that product is. Oh, you're just making like, up excuses. I'm not. I'm not. Like, this is because every single touch point, mm. every single touch point matters. It's not just the brand mm. and how good or um or how good it looks because it's got to taste right it's got to be um accessible yeah. the price point's got to be right um i mean everything about it every like calling up sales people or your um online experience it's all got to be like mwah. social media is a small part of that so funny you say that because yeah. they have all that in order yeah <laughs> here we go okay no, so like let's say let's yeah. say you're just on content yeah. you just got con- okay. and so you can you can create a team of 100 people commenting on things interacting yeah. you can have uh, this amount of money focused on building a podcast or or, or um, having ad spend yeah. radio blah, blah blah yeah i'd throw them on the metaverse if you really wanted to oh the metaverse yeah i'd, I'd oh. create a whole new world on the metaverse huh for the brand if you really wanted to go nuts nfts sure sure what's a, the, what's the appeal of the metaverse is a, it what's well, it's the next it's the next um uh, rendition of social hmm. so um i'd create this um this world for them that um only um you know they they can own they can mm. they can develop um and uh their customers can experience interesting i can see why you're successful because of the curiosity you know the tiktok and also as well as the um the metaverse personally i think on um, the metaverse yeah i'm gonna interrupt you today i was just disappointed yeah. in you that's so, <laughs> well, the question was amazing that's just um so you <laughs> you create this metaverse the, the challenge i think with the metaverse is hardware yeah still in its infancy i put it on i get sick (laughs) oh this this i do i do as well but it's in its infant infancy and 10 years ago facebook used to prep itself all the time Mm. so um you know just hold on and 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 um give it a give it a couple of years but it's um it will it's happening well then that means Mm. we're in a simulation yeah it's just a matter of tech exactly that's but probably why that fun. doctor worked. Yeah. How fun. I mean, I'm like, disappointed the person that's in charge yeah. of my game. It's not going. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it is. Just, oh, thank you. 
whatever whoever's got the game program um all right well the listeners might feel like i wasted the opportunity this very successful woman that sold a house in three years and juggled on an interesting note on mm. a side note there yeah. was this lady sasha that i interviewed yes she was a single mom pregnant yes COVID hit yes broke her arm yes. and she was the only business owner and staff member in her business yeah just kept going yeah. worked it out yeah. still going for four years yeah it's mad got um it. You yeah. gotta just and and Matt is it's it's just it's grit like yeah. pure freaking grit. What was your biggest you, meltdown? That gets you through. What was my biggest meltdown? Yeah, probably this week. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this week? Wow. No, no, no. Well, what was my biggest meltdown? Um, yeah, this week it's been like because business the pressures on businesses. Yeah. I mean, salaries are um are through the roofs. You. Know, People are moving overseas. Mm. Um, uh, we've got FMCG um, and supply issues. So yeah. business is good and it is flying and we're doing better than we ever have and we've grown something like 350% over the last few years. So it's, it's, it's you know, it's huge. Mm. Um, we've bought an agency. We've actually bought two agencies um, in the last couple of years um so we we're growing mm. but the crunch you can feel the crunch for sure yeah. but it is um you just got to keep keep going if we can get through COVID, when i felt like i was on a trading floor with our clients when COVID first hit it was like clients were like we're holding we're holding i was like felt like and i was like you cannot go quiet on your community now don't you dare don't you dare mm. and they're like actually and it's the brands that went all out during COVID that are winning now yeah all the um, biggest brands are built in recession but the first thing they, they cut marketing marketing <laughs> yeah let's see you later that's <laughs> that's right so you're like three years in say house they're what two years like one, one year and you're like oh. <laughs> fucking just like oh, oh this is easy okay wow but yeah. there's a, a thing that not many people are talking about and i think business owners are aware of which is wage inflation from a lack of migration so everyone's employed yes and everyone's worried about their cost of living and the businesses costs are going through the roof yeah and one of the biggest overheads is staff yeah and you have to pay them more to keep them or they see you as unkind or yep hmm. it's a it's it's a thing so what are the For steps sure. oh, i'm gonna interrupt you today you really are yeah. that's okay oh good kind candor yeah, yeah that's okay exactly. that was courageous even <laughs> Um, well, I think we're at the hour, and if it's a stressful time, we'll wrap it up. What, what, um, how would they find you? You know, what sort of people should find you? Um, yeah, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, um, I didn't even think of that. So, um, email me, I guess, or find me on my web of the website, um, socialites.co.nz. Um, and really, any brand, I think, you know, we work with large enterprise brands but we've got a small to medium um, business arm as well um, so it's working with um, SMEs and I I describe it as giving them their social media wings so um, yeah just any client that wants to um, to get on social or build their brand's DNA on, on social cool yeah and don't you freak out because all the best brands are built through the recession. We've got to keep Mel going. Yes, go. Don't be yeah. a chicken shit. <laughs> keep spending money on market. How do you think you're going to fund things if you don't have sales? And the recession's not going to be that like long anyway. 
We don't, well, it's usually three to four years. Oh, God. So I know, you know, this is a big moment for you and I hope you're taking steps with it. But most money is lost in the preparation of a recession than a recession itself. Huh. Because, you know, people said mm. it was in 2015. They mm. missed, missed the best growing as well as investment yeah. years. Yeah. So it's just being conscious of, obviously, you're mm. more experienced than no stuff. I'm just talking mm. from a money standpoint. Yeah. Um, but thank that you for coming sense. on. Yeah. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, pleasure. <laughs>